0: My name is Laura, and I'm a clergywoman serving a local church in Potomac, Maryland. I've had the privilege of serving seven congregations over the course of my 39 years in ordained ministry. And each week, well, most weeks, I find myself diving deep into the scriptures assigned by the common lectionary. It matters not that I have preached most of these passages multiple times. Each sermon is written for the week at hand And inevitably, there are things left over. Thoughts that I have, ideas that I've gleaned from a variety of voices, usually left on the cutting room floor. And then Matthew joined our staff at Potomac United Methodist Church and challenged me to create a podcast with my leftovers. So here we go. I'm not too old to try a new thing, and I'm hoping that in the few minutes we will share You might find something loosened in your chest so that hope and grace may fill you to overflowing. That's my simple prayer. Welcome to Leftovers. It's conversations with the people around me that gives birth to the podcast this week. Three conversations in the last 10 days that began on a sigh and confession. I've lost my faith. It might be understandable what with me being a clergywoman and all, if you think I'm talking about faith in God, only I'm not. The faith that my people are losing is faith in each other. Faith in humanity to make decisions that are thoughtful and kind. The ability of people leading and guiding the nations of the world to take a step back, take a breath, and make better choices. My heart has been consumed for a hot minute with thoughts that confuse and confound me. This is not the first time in history for us to sit in this place. People sat here when we engaged in the Vietnam War. It was the war of my childhood. I can remember writing away for silver bracelets that held the name of men and women who were missing in action and prisoners of war. MIA POW bracelets kept the hearts of families on all of our minds during the 1970s. This week I'm burying one of my beloved church members who died of cancer. Turns out he served a tour in Vietnam and his cancer is directly attributed to agent orange. Someone in the United States military had the idea that the better way to fight in a jungle was to kill the trees and abundant foliage before we dropped our bombs. Hard to say if it worked, really, given all the trauma dioxin continues to deliver. We dropped this clear liquid on the treetops for 10 years in Operation Ranch Hand. From 1961 to 1971, the statistics are staggering to me. Two million people suffered illnesses because of this product. And the United States, in all of our wisdom, dropped 20 times the recommended dose for 10 years. To date, 300,000 US veterans have died of cancer and 400,000 Vietnamese. More than 100 million babies were born with birth defects, and the people of Vietnam are still being poisoned by the land upon which we dropped this elixir of death. By the way, the liquid is clear. It's remembered by the orange band around the storage barrels. It was the era of the draft in the United States. Young men between the ages of 18 and 25 were conscripted to serve in our military, against their will. That whole generation lost its mind, by which I mean they found their moral compass. They sat in, they stepped out, they argued, they ran, and 60,000 of them died in the jungles. President Nixon signed the legislation that put a hold on the draft in 1971 and the draft was officially ended in 1973. I can't escape the truth that those who protested were right. The men making the decisions about the Vietnam War needed to step back, take a breath, and make better choices. But they didn't. They didn't. This week, my brother introduced me to a German word, Weltschmerz which translates as world pain. I'll take you deeper. It's meant to express a mood of weariness or sadness about life arising from the acute awareness of evil and suffering. I copied that straight from his Facebook post. Aren't you just so tired? Don't we all hold in common our search right now in this moment, on this day in history, a search, for hope? I need Israel to stop its attack on Gaza. I know what happened in October and on that day I stood up wearing white and blue. I was outraged, crushed by the news that ran red with blood, torture, rape, and death. That a thousand people are still being held against their will by Hamas makes me nauseous, physically ill. I don't know when my resolve to support Israel without question came into question. To be honest, I feel a significant amount of grief about my inability to hold the line. I cannot ignore that more than 50% of the buildings across the Gaza Strip are in rubble. I cannot escape the more than 30,000 people have been killed. I'm the first to express my ignorance about foreign policy I do not understand all the dynamics that are at play in this situation, but I am unable to ignore my moral compass. War might at some point have been about holding bad people accountable for evil acts, but everywhere I look right now, innocent people are dying because world leaders refuse to take a step back, take a breath and make a different choice. Now, this is not the first time in history when we have faced the loud voices of bad actors, bad actors, men in power whose actions are harmful, illegal, and morally wrong. Agent Orange brought me back around to Richard Nixon, the 37th president of the United States. He brought an end to our involvement in the Vietnam War, and so I spent some time remembering him. He's the only president in history who resigned from office. That much I remembered. If I knew the details of the why, I had forgotten. Turns out he put together a committee to run his reelection campaign, and they were sneaky. They pretended to be in favor of other candidates so that they could spy on what the leading contenders were doing. They reported false information to the news outlets, you know, back when news was actually, well, news. This one is gay. That one had a drunk driving arrest. Pure fiction, all of it. The guys who broke into the Watergate Hotel, into the offices of the Democratic National Convention to steal information, were caught, tried, and found guilty. Their ties to the White House were like loosely laced shoes when the presidential election of 1972 was gearing up. People thought that Nixon was involved in Watergate, and still he won by a landslide. He was re-elected to the presidency for a second term. But within 18 months, he stepped down by resigning his presidency. He announced that he would resign on August 9th to begin what I quote from him, that process of healing which is so desperately needed in America. It would take a while, but the truth finally came into the light. I can't help but draw lines to the similarities facing us in America. With this presidential election later this year, (laughs) surprisingly, I'm not going to articulate my observations today. To do so would simply add to the weltschmerz. If you find yourself losing faith, I encourage you to show up in your life as a person people can rest with. As a quilter, I design with fabric, with a conscious awareness that not all of the patterns can call your name. Our eyes need a place to rest in a pattern if we hope to appreciate the intricacies therein. So look around you this week. There are people whom you know and love that need a place to rest their eyes. They need to stand in the presence of someone who holds a moral compass, but does not have all the answers. Someone who manages to hope and love with care and compassion. Maybe this week, that could be you. You could be the one who fans the flame of faith for somebody else. I know you can do it. I'll see you back here next week. Keep the faith.